passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This month's edition of the Rocky My Via Picture Show is dedicated to the life, lessons, and legacy of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. In my lifetime, I expect to see three, four, perhaps even more women on the high court bench. Women not shaped from the same mold, but of different complexions. I surely would not be in this room today without the determined efforts of men and women who kept dreams of equal citizenship alive. I have had the great good fortune to share life with a partner, truly extraordinary for his generation, a man who believed at age 18 when we met that a woman's work, whether at home or on the job, is as important as a man's. Brothers and sisters, coming to you from Theater D, Row J, Seat 7, I am the Godfather Nate Milton, and this is the Rocky Maya Via Picture Show, your favorite pop culture and pro wrestling podcast dedicated to the genius of sports entertainer turned thespian, Dwayne The Rock 
Johnson. Now playing this month, 2013's Empire State. Oh, your date was good? Mr. Circus, what are you going to do? Jan, I loved it. With clowns and things, you know, they had a unicorn and some craziness, you know. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hey, so what's the deal at Empire, you know, as far as insurance or retirement? Again, with the retirement, you're too young to worry about retirement, especially with those hoodlums, believe me. Ah, uh, you keep saying that. What's the deal? They're crooked, right? I'm always in that room. Yeah. They ain't playing tiddlywinks in there, pal. You just wait out here, okay? You like that cartoon thing. You worry too much. Oh, can you just hear the excitement in that clip? I, I can't wait to talk about this film this week, but I can't do it alone, folks. And since every Siskel needs an Ebert, every Ebert needs a Roper, and every Blaine needs a Twine, I have a special guest. Actually, I've got two special guests to help me review this film. My first guest this month is another one of the loyal postmarks who met my donation challenge during the post-coronavirus live show back in April. Uh, in addition to that, you know, he is the man with the laugh that you all know and love. Dare I say, no one is merrier than this brother that hails from the tri-state area. Brandon from New Jersey is in the building. Brandon, how, how are you doing, man? First time we've ever really talked like this, brother. Oh, man, it's a pleasure to be on the satellite of hate. It- <laughs> <laughs> uh see i mean I, I understand like you you like i mean this this podcast might be filled with a lot of hate towards the <laughs> subject matter uh but but no this this the movie theater right here like and i know this is the only movie theater people should be going to right now in these uncertain times brandon because we can safely socially distance from each other oh uh, no doubt i got i got the popcorn the socially distanced popcorn the socially distanced <laughs> coat got my mouth my my mask on Socially, this is a way for the people of the theater, the, the satellite of uh, the, the theater hate. <laughs> I'm ready to go, man. I'm excited to be here. I forgot that I even donated. It's, it felt like it felt like seven years ago, but it was well worth the challenge. And uh, yes. happy to be here. Yes, well, we appreciate your don- donation, and uh, we're glad you're here. But you are not alone because we have another guest in the theater. He is a returning guest. He's been on the show a few times, uh, and and in the spirit of the the famed. East Coast, West Coast beef from the 90s. We had to go to the West Coast to bring in our other guest. He is the Rocky Mind via Picture Show fave, Chris from L.A., a.k.a. the Professor Chris. What's going on, brother? Man, nothing much. Um, I'm just chilling. I just got done. Like, I still think there's about 15 minutes left in the movie. <laughs> um, but I, I watched most of it. Um, and... Uh, yeah, let's 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 unpack this. <laughs> See, ladies and gentlemen, you don't know the struggle Chris went through to provide for your entertainment this month. You know, if anybody follows Chris on Twitter at KMEZ does it, Chris uh, revealed today that he swore that he would never watch Empire State again, but he's doing this this month for the Rocket Rock <laughs> and for you, the listeners. So we we appreciate your uh, your service, Chris. I thank you. I thank you, man. Uh, yeah. So let's, you know, let's do it, man, I guess. All right. So, yeah. 
Before we get to the Empire State, we got to uh, take a step back for a little bit. Uh, and let's let's talk to Brandon here for a second, because, again, like I said, this is Brandon's first time in the theater. And so we, we got to sit down and, and get to know this man, get to know the person behind the laughter. Uh, so, Brandon, what was your relationship with Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, as a wrestler, like growing up? Uh, were you a big fan during his heyday in the Attitude Era? And uh, what did you think of his work in the ring? Oh, man, this is going to blow your mind. But, I mean, at that time, I was watching WCW. I mean, mm. where, I'm from, where I'm from in the South Jersey area, uh, it was it's NWA and WCW country. We used to go to the show. Uh, so that, that was a strong, a strong WCW uh, town right there. So, so DDP in the Jersey Triad did it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Stand I mean, DDP, yeah, he was uh, before the Jersey Triad. Uh, they they connected. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, I I was not watching the Attitude Era, mm. and uh, I started watching like the old ninety seven ninety eight Rawls recently uh, to see what I was missing out when I was a, when I was a kid. And I tell you, man, the, the rise of the Rock is pretty tremendous. Uh, much respect to Dwayne uh, building that that character up. The, the way he did uh so but back in the day i was i was i was, I was dying wool wcw to the end i, I never <laughs> i didn't even switch over when when uh mcfoley won the belt when uh when shivani uh told everybody that that was mm. the case but but yeah uh uh he was a phenomenal uh character and whatnot and uh he's now the biggest star in the world <laughs> Yeah, well, let, let's transition to that then, Brandon, because, you know, when, when you talk about The Rock making that move, and it's a move that a lot of people have made or and a lot of people have tried to make successfully, uh, but there's a, there's a short list of the wrestlers that have been able to have a sustained career in Hollywood. And, and we'll talk about one wrestler who is in this movie that tried to have a career in Hollywood, then we'll, we'll speak on how that turned out for that particular performer. Uh, but when you talk about The Rock, making that transition from the small screen in the world of professional wrestling to the big screen doing these movies. Like how far back did you watch his films? And, and did you think that, you know, 10, 15 years later, this guy would end up being one of, if not the biggest stars in Hollywood? Oh, Scorpion King, man. Mm. I, uh, uh, when I saw that movie, I was like, man, this guy's got a chance. I mean, he, 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 uh, I didn't think it would be this big, like like we're talking now. I thought he'd be a serviceable, you know, stuntman, action man, and whatnot. But man, he's ex- he's exceeded my expectations. Like, oh my god! I mean, uh, you got to look when you look back. You did 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 you think after Scorpion King? I mean, he had some stop goes. He had some stop goes on the way to where he's at now. Yeah, uh, I thought I thought after Two Fairy, like I thought he'd be in trouble, but. I mean, he re- he rebounded nicely to have a, <laughs> a well, gigantic I, career. I feel like if it were anybody else besides The Rock, like that could have been it, and they could have been pigeonholed and had a decent career, Chris, but not to the level that we've seen DJ ascend to. But there's right. something about this dude, and you know, when you see his work ethic, and when you see the fact that you know he's not here just to be famous, like he actually is invested in his work and he puts in the time he, you know, he grinds for this stuff. Uh, like I feel like anybody 
other than The Rock, might not have gotten to this point. But when you look at what Dwayne Johnson has done and the, and the length and breadth of his career, Chris, like, yeah, it it makes sense. Like, maybe we didn't think that he would get to the top spot, but we knew he wasn't going to be this guy that was, you know, languishing at the bottom and just, you know, some random character actor. Right. The minute I knew he was going to be a movie star um, was, like, right when he turned face the first time um, and then he turned hill at that Survivor Series, and then he turned face again. I remember, a, I have a specific memory. I went to the movies. Um, this was right at the height of the Attitude Era. I went to the movies. Um, this was when I was still in Tennessee. And The Rock went to go see a movie at the theater with a couple other um, wrestlers. And I think he thought he was just still old Rocky Maivia, that he was just going to go to the movies and be left the fuck alone. And that just didn't happen. Um, (laughs) The people just swarmed him. And this was before he did any movie. Like, I think the biggest thing he might have did by this time was, like, Star Trek Voyager or that 70s show. Right. So it, it was at this time where I was like, this guy is not long for wrestling, but he actually stayed in for a few more years. Yeah, it's like, so, I don't know if he can act, but that dude's got that dude's got star power. Yeah, and what's, that's the what's thing. What saved I his think, career, though? Was it his appearance in uh, the Fast movies that, that saved his career? I think, I don't think his career was ever <laughs> dying. I think his, his movies were always, like, on the level, it's just he went through a spell where they weren't like big hits, and then you put him in the Fast and Furious, and I think that's where it's like, okay, this guy next to Vin Diesel is is a viable thing, and that when he became franchise Viagra, as they call it. Mm. It, yeah. it's, I mean, it's really this time period we've been talking about for the last couple of episodes on the Rocky Maivia Picture Show from, like, late 2012 to early 2014. We yeah. see this next step that Rock takes where, you know, we do pain and gain. We do pain fast movies. We do, uh, we do something like uh, uh, G.I. Joe. Yeah. And, and so, like, this guy, like, I feel like this is when The Rock kind of starts to take more of his career into his hands. Um, Like, you can look at that first kind of phase of his career, as I like to say, where he goes through ebbs and flows, and it's like you see the work being put in, though. You know, because we were talking before before we started recording today, Brandon. Like, you can go back and look at something like Be Cool, which isn't – a, like it's not a great movie. Like I like it, but it's not a great movie. But he's right. good in it, right? Absolutely. Uh, and and so you see him working, and you see him getting better. And like, yeah, he goes through that spell where he does all of these kids' movies. Uh, and I think at the time it was kind of like a joke to a lot of people, like the Tooth Fairy and things of that nature. But to his credit, again, I feel like if he doesn't put in that time doing those silly kids' movies then we don't get to a point where he's Maui and Moana, which is something that like everybody loves. Uh, you know, I think he had to kind of pay his dues to a certain extent. And then when we get to this period, you know, 2012 to 2014, it's 
it's over, right? Like Rock just takes it to another level and doesn't look back from that point on. Like even something like Empire State is not able to slow the ascent of Dwayne the Rock Johnson, fellas. <laughs> I, I really need to know the story behind uh, this Empire State. Like, how did he get in this? Because they 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 walked they walked up to his house with a with a blank check, and that's how they got him. They said, Dwayne, would you like to, would you like to be in this movie? With the Hemsworth brother, and he said Chris Hemsworth, yeah. and they said, "Um, not exactly, but we got we, we got a blank check, though." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh. pay those alimony payments too at this time too, so he couldn't say no to that check. Yeah, well, that, that's the other thing oh, that's yeah. like great about the Rock. Like my man is, is like his business partner is his ex wife. And they are making all the money in the world right now. Like, just purchased the XFL uh, a few weeks ago. Like, the fact that that's how cool Dwayne The Rock Johnson is. Like, he not only is he business partners with with his uh, ex-wife, but, like, they seem to be in a genuinely good place. Like, her and her new husband and him and his new wife and the kids. Like, they seem to be, like, everybody loves The Rock. Even his yeah, ex-wife. They, <laughs> he's, they seem to find that secret sauce. And there are very few Hollywood couples that can do that. Mm. He and um and his ex-wife um, and uh, Danny, Garcia. Danny Garcia. And then Will Smith and Jada Pink. Not Jada Pinkett, his first. Carrie's. I was going to say, what, you, what type of an uh, entanglement situation you you bringing up here, Chris? <laughs> nah. <laughs> No, the, uh, the, but they they found a way to get along, you know, yeah. and that's not an easy thing to do because it's like for myself, I don't even get along with a lot of ex-girlfriends you know, <laughs> that I wasn't married to. So, well, and, to, and it's one uh, thing to like get along and just be friendly, but to actually be in business with yes, them and be exactly. successful, like that's that's a whole other yeah. uh, deal right there. They even share the same weight room, too. Yeah, <laughs> like dude, like that, like the Rock, whatever, whatever magic the Rock has, like if he could bottle it and sell it, he would be even richer than he already is. Uh, right. Uh, but before we look at Empire State fully, before we get into the into the mean streets of this film uh, that was based on a true story, uh, let's take a <laughs> let's take a trip back, fellas. Let's let's go into the time warp. So, Empire State was released on September third. 2013 in the United States, fellas. All right, so MJ and Chris, this is where I'm going to need you to put on... Did I say MJ? I'm thinking of my other New Jersey guy, Brandon. Uh, MJ was on a couple episodes ago, I believe. Uh, Still part of the Jersey triad. (laughs) Uh, But Brandon and Chris, 2013, September 3rd, what was the number one song on the Billboard charts? Brandon, I'll let you guess, guess first, brother. Oh man. Yeah, you ambushed me with this. Oh my god. And it's not the soundtrack to Empire State. (laughs) The number one song in 2013. Uh, On September 3rd, 2013. Oh my god. No Mad Mad Dragons, is that that's not the the era of them, is it? Oh, that's that's a, that's not a bad guess. Like this song is a song that yes was a big hit, but it's kind of one of those big hits you forget about. Oh man, twenty thirteen. All right, oh, man. You know what? I'm gonna pivot to uh, the Ryan. Uh, it, uh, 
the Robin Thick era, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. And it's got to be that Blurred Lines, right? Yeah, I, that's I what that. I was thinking, too. I, I was Ooh, thinking. I heard that song. You hear that song, like, every day that, yeah. that year. My goodness. I mean, I, that ruined the man's marriage, too. <laughs> I was thinking... <laughs> I was thinking Blurred Lines. Uh, what's that one song by Drake? Um, the started from the bottom. Yeah. Um, and, and then there was one war. I want to say um, that that Daft Punk song um, with uh, the Get Lucky. Get Lucky. That's the one I was yeah. thinking. Of. So one of those blur, blur, get, Blurred yeah. Lines is. Yeah. It's funny because uh, like Get Lucky was the number one song on the last episode of the Rock My Via Picture Show, which. I, I believe that film was released just a few months before this. So, yes, Get Lucky was still on the charts. Uh, you know, you had Drake still on the charts. Macklemore was still doing his oh. Macklemore thing. Thrift Shop was oh in the charts. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah. But, fellas, I'm, I'm, this, this might be the first time we've had uh, correct guests for my songs. Because uh, number one song on September 3rd, 2013, was Robin Thicke and Pharrell Williams with Blurred Lines. Blurred Lines is because I remember them playing at the MTV Awards, and the MTV Awards is historically in September. And this movie came out in September. That would be the number one song. Yes, it was the number one song. And then, uh, of course, uh, for those that don't know, uh, in 2014, it was a good year for the family of Marvin Gaye because oh, they doubt. got they got broke off with four, right? million, $4 million <laughs> because of Pharrell and EMI and Robin Thicke uh, infringed on got to get it up, got to give it up. So uh, they yeah. got paid uh, for that, which uh, which, was, which is a uh, good good uh, for the Marvin Gaye family. <laughs> I was shocked that uh, that that Pharrell was was that uh when when. He didn't get it. He didn't request that sample or whatnot. I was I was shocked by that because uh, it, it's funny because they named the, like the gay estate named everybody in the lawsuit, including Ti, uh, who had a verse on the song, and Ti <laughs> was the only person that was removed from the lawsuit because they like Ti didn't have any control over this situation. <laughs> right. Yeah. Leave Tip alone. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sorry about that. Oh, I'm sorry, Chris. Four million dollars is a small pittance compared to how big that song was. Yeah. I mean, they, I, I, I'm surprised they didn't get more. 
and the they probably like as shady as it well, gets. So we, that's, well, that's the thing. And then the gay, like the, the gay family, probably didn't even get the full four million because lawyers and legal fees uh, and all that good stuff. But at least they got something. <laughs> well, the, I mean, you like at first I thought the lawsuit was a, was a tad frivolous. I didn't think it, the sample was that bad. But then when you listen to the songs back mm-hmm. to back, you definitely oh, no hear this, the similarities. The yeah. one that I thought was like, because there was another suit and they straight up would rip these girls off. It was Angie Stone and someone else, Bruno Mars, um, and that's um, Uptown Funk. Yeah. Like, oh my there, God. There, there is a whole part where it's a rip off of that song. Um, and, uh, I don't know if Angie Stone got broken off or not, but, um, but this, this one was, was, was I think this was as egregious as some of those other ripoffs, but yeah, you can feel it. You yeah, can you can definitely it. hear it though. Once you listen to them yeah. back to back, it's like, oh yeah, I see it. Uh, like it's not <laughs> as bad as, it's not as bad as Ice Ice Baby though. When, when you got your man, yeah. your man Robin and Van that- Winkle on, on TV, like, no, no, no. Yeah. The Queen song goes, ting, 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 tiggy, ting, ting. <laughs> My song goes ting 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 ting. Like, yeah, just because you put emphasis on a different syllable doesn't mean it's not the same song. Yeah, and I think he ended up winning too, if I'm not mistaken, or doing well in that suit. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's that was going on with the music business. Blurred lines, the number one song at the time of this film. But fellas, let's let's go to some news that might be a little. Uh, might be a little depressing for for fans of Dwayne the Rock Johnson because let's let's talk about the box office for this film. Okay, so this this film was straight to DVD release in the United States and North America. I've heard that it actually got a theatrical release in England, which is baffling. But uh, the budget for this film, fellas, eleven million dollars. Can you guess? Uh, yeah. The worldwide box office for Empire State. Brandon, let's start with you, brother. Uh, I'm going to say seven bucks. <laughs> <laughs> this was a seven bucks production. No, it was not a seven bucks production because it would have made more money than this. <laughs> right. What you thinking, Chris? I'm thinking, okay, so it, it, it has, like, I would, I would do a low like a very very low end guess. I my my guess would be five hundred thousand or a million. But but the Rock is on the cover art of yes. the movie. So with one, that one could one could say it's deceptive advertising. Yeah, but <laughs> by, by by virtue of that fact alone, I'm gonna say it made probably about three and a half million, maybe. Um, because because The Rock, even at, if you just have his picture on something, <laughs> you're gonna get a good million dollars off of it. So um, I, I definitely don't think it made anywhere close to that eleven million. Uh, no, I, I just don't. I just don't think that. <laughs> no. <laughs> so the budget, fellas, was eleven million dollars. The worldwide quote unquote box office for this film was four million dollars. Oh, okay, yeah. That's enough they, to pay the Marvin Gaye estate. I say, yeah. Like they, they, they might have well just did a music video with the Rock singing "Blurred Lines." You would have got the same bang <laughs> for your buck. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what I, I figured it would be around that because The Rock is going to get you some asses in seats. But I mean, um, after that, once people tell their friends that how crappy this movie is. Well, you didn't even, then, well, that's the thing, Chris. You didn't even have to get people in seats. You just had right. to get people to, to, to rent or buy the DVD. And yeah, yes, I, and, I would assume like 80% of people that rented or bought this DVD, it was because of The Rock on the cover. <laughs> Right, yeah, and you can tell by the angles that the movie is shot in, the aspect ratios and stuff, that this was probably supposed to be um, a theatrical release, but um, when the studio saw the movie, it was just like, no. <laughs> Do you have any word on how he got in this movie? Because this is in 2013, and this is post- <laughs> Fast and Furious. This is this is when he's an A-lister. This is when he's well, a see, bonafide. The, the, yeah. the thing is, like they filmed this in Toronto. So shout out to Toronto. Uh, they filmed this between May and June of 2012. So right. this film, like they they spent a month in Toronto, and I'm sure The Rock got paid well for this. So yeah, right. I'm sure like this was just The Rock picking up a check, man, for a month and, in and Toronto. The- Right, yeah. And you and another thing to all the audience members out there that are listening, you have to be very, very careful with these straight to DVD movies because what they do, or even the movies that bomb, what they do is once somebody becomes an A-lister, they will put them all on the front of the cover art and stuff for the <laughs> movie. And then when you read the credits, Rock the Rock's name was listed third, so mm-hmm. that right there should be a telltale sign that this guy isn't in the movie much. You know, they did the same thing with Jamie Foxx in a couple movies. They did that with Jamie Foxx in that stealth movie where he's oh. barely in it, <laughs> um, and then with he's with with um, yeah with Miami Vice. They the, what they did was he's in the movie, but that's more of a Colin Farrell movie. Oh, I but forgot they, actually, they made a Miami Vice reboot. <laughs> right, but they put Jamie Foxx's name front and center mm. to make people think it was a Jamie Foxx movie, and it wasn't. So you got to be careful <laughs> when, like these, the studios will do stuff like this. Mm. So you're saying the good people at Grindstone Entertainment and Kind Hearts Entertainment would would dare mislead the public? Oh, yes, 100%. You're telling me the great yeah. director, Dito Montiel, would, would lie to the people like this? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I didn't even know the director of this. Yeah, like, there's so many people in this movie. Like, And, and again, like, I'm not going to knock anybody for, for making a living, Brandon, but, like, there's so many. Usually when you have movies with decent-sized names, you'll see, you know, sort of the similar directors or writers kind of pop up in the credits and like i've never heard of dito montiel i don't know who the producer mark stewart is i don't know who adam Mazer, the writer is hey, they gotta eat man it'll take any any kind of check to, to make a <laughs> film especially this dubious as this film we're about to talk about yeah so right. let's let's get into empire state the 2013 film starring quote-unquote Dwayne the rock johnson We've got Emma Roberts. We've got Liam Hemsworth. Uh, let's see who else of note is in Good this cast. film. We got uh, Michael 
Angarano as the annoying brother Eddie. Uh, you got Nikki Reed, Paul Ben Victor, Jerry Ferreira. Turtles in this thing. Yes, he yeah. is. Turtles, turtles in this movie. So that's a start. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, like, yeah, like there's not a lot. Oh, oh, the actual person this film is based on was in the movie, which is kind of cool, I guess. Like the guy that the uh, the Rock is playing, he's playing a detective, James Ranson, and James Ranson was actually in the movie playing Agent Nugent. So, hooray, continuity. <laughs> yeah, they, the way they casted this film, like the the guest, like the they they did the proverbial in case of in case of uh in case of accident, break glass and get every person that's ever been in a Sopranos episode. Mm. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, a lot of lot of Sopranos actors. Uh, I think you know Brandon and I were talking before we we got on the on the mics here, Chris. Like this is no shade to Liam's him Liam Hemsworth because he's been good in other things. Uh, right. But it's it's like yeah, like they they went and they had a budget for this movie. They knew they right. were gonna get the Rock. You know, they knew the Rock doesn't come cheap. You know. Emma Roberts is not taking a pay cut here. You know, Emma Roberts wants that change. So they were like, let's mm-hmm. see if we can get Chris Hemsworth in this. And they went to Chris right. Hemsworth and he was like, nah, fam, I, I got them Marvel checks. I don't, I don't really need this. Uh, why don't you talk to my brother? And they was like, oh, Luke, let's holler at Luke. And then Luke was yeah. like, mm, mm, I, I'm, I'm kind of busy right now. Uh, check with Liam. <laughs> see, see what Liam got going on. And Liam Hemsworth was like, okay, I guess it's money. So they got right. Liam Hemsworth. And, 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 and Liam is a, actually the star of the movie for like if don't let the box cover fool you. Liam this movie is 70% Liam Hemsworth. Right. Yeah, I'd even go a little bit higher than that. But here's the thing with, with Liam Hemsworth. He I, I compare him to somebody like a Paul Walker. Like I never thought mm. Paul Walker was a great actor, but I think Paul Walker knew his leg. He, yeah. he he never tried to deviate from the formula of those Fast and Furious movies, whether he's doing something like the 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 one where they're on the boat or in their, the one with Alba, Jessica Alba, or something like She's All That or right. anything. Like towards the end of um, his life, like about 2013, you can start seeing him do more stuff that required more range. Um I like Liam Hemsworth. I think if he kind of was better at picking parts, he's on Westworld and he's okay on Westworld. But I don't. I haven't watched Westworld World since Evan Rachel Wood tweeted that crap about Kobe Bryant. <laughs> but um, he um, he um, I think there's a place for Liam Hemsworth in Hollywood. But I just think this movie right here. He's trying to do way, way too much. And yeah. Paul Walker was a guy that never did that. He was very, very good at knowing what he was good at. Yeah, Liam's I mean, certainly at- trying here, Brandon. Like, it's not like he's not trying to be dramatic. He's not trying to, you know, anchor this film. But it just, like, this. He just didn't have enough. It's like, and I think Chris is going to get a pop out of this, but it's like anytime they try to sell The Miz as the main eventer, it's like, like, like he's Miz is good, but like he shouldn't be the top guy that the whole show revolves around. Nah, I mean, it, he tried yeah. to carry the rock in this movie, but uh, he doesn't do a good <laughs> job. I mean, and, he does and, enough. And, yeah, and even with the Marvel yeah. movies, 
even with the Marvel movies, there's only a few actors in those Marvel movies that have viable movie careers outside of those Marvel movies. It's not that many guys. Chris Hemsworth is great in Thor, but he's the movies that he's done outside of that universe aren't the greatest, but he's got a lane. I think Liam Hemsworth, he's just he just hasn't found a vehicle that's going to give him the ability to to soar. And that in mm-hmm. and, and that movie, my God, I will talk about it. But so so God, what? Hold on. Lucky. So what? What I, what I hear you and, and and Chris saying, Brandon, is out of all of the Hemsworth brothers. Liam is the hymns worst. <laughs> I, 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 I see you, John Pollock. That was for you, Joe Poe. <laughs> he's the, I wouldn't say he's the, I think he's on par with Chris. I just think I think Chris he's better than has, Luke. I think Chris, Chris yeah. is the best, then I'd go Liam slightly less, and then Luke. Like because yeah. it's Luke Liam, is, like, don't, don't nobody yeah, know what Luke but, Hemsworth has got going on. <laughs> well, he's he does the TV and stuff like that. I think that I think Chris just hasn't found a, a lane. I just really that's really what I think his problem is. Um, and he's got a he's in order for him he can just keep on doing these things like Westworld and stuff. And maybe that is his lane is being mm. on Westworld. Um, but um, mm. he's like when you're trying to talk with a New York accent and all that. Crap, <laughs> uh, nah, uh, you 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 gotta stop, man. And that's okay, the, yeah, and Brand, I, Brandon, I, Brandon, let Brandon, let's go to Brandon here. Brandon, you know, being being in that uh, that tri-state area, brother. Like, how did you like the 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 acting uh, of of one Liam Hemsworth here, particularly that accent, brother? Did, did it work for you? I mean, it wasn't just a New York accent; it was a failed attempt at a big accent. Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> I, New York is one of my favorite cities. I, I used to visit New York every year when I was like from about elementary school to high school. Um, and you can always tell when somebody ain't from New York, man. And, and this <laughs> this is horrible. Like, and that's another thing about Paul Walker. I hate to keep bringing him up, but. It was they, 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 the, the, the director and people like that knew what that guy was. They, mm. he, you, you can't take the California out of Paul Walker's voice. He's right. just a surfer. He says, "Bro, a lot." You make the Fast and Furious movie set in California, Los Angeles. That's that's the easy fix to that. Yeah, and then go from there. The thing with Paul Walker, though, I feel like. Yes, we we know. Like Paul Walker has limitations as an actor, but I do think that there's there's a charm about Paul Walker. Yes, that I'm not getting from Liam Hemsworth in this one. Right, it's not it's not a good vehicle for him to showcase what he can be. So I don't really mm-hmm. blame him for the the horribleness of this movie. It's just <laughs> like like because every actor needs the right vehicle. And like I said, right. Paul Walker, but, they gave him the things he needed. But, and in this movie he doesn't get it. But 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 Liam Hemsworth, he was kind of lucky though. I mean, he had a certain vehicle. I mean, his personal life was dating Miley Cyrus and he had the Hunger Games. So I mean, he was fine. I mean, he's not on par with his brother yeah. who who has those Marvel checks to, to lean on and whatnot? I mean, but I and mean, he's and he's fine I, in the Hunger Games. Like, I, like he's much better yeah. in the Hunger Games than he is in this. So you're saying he, he's he, he, than being the main main attraction? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he, and, he's and not, he's, he's not the, he shouldn't be the first one on the call sheet. But like, if, if, <laughs> like, here's the thing, Chris, it's like the NBA, right? When we talk NBA, like, yeah. somebody like, uh, let's just say, uh, let's throw out Chris Middleton, right? Chris Middleton's a good right. player. But if Chris Middleton is your best player on your team, you're not going anywhere. Now, right. if Chris Middleton is your third or fourth best player, that's a hell of a team. And I think oh, if yeah. Liam's Hemsworth, if Liam Hemsworth is the fourth best actor in a film, that's probably going to be a really good film. But if he's... I think you're being too kind. I think he's more Pat Beverly than... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Liam Hemsworth ain't out here trying to fight nobody, though. That's the difference between him and Patrick Beverly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, li- 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 Liam Hemsworth is yeah. I, M- Middleton, Pat Beverly, yeah, he's just and and he like you said, he doesn't really have that that charm that like um a Paul Walker has, or even like one of those. I can't think of like a lot of those '90s guys that used to do movies, but they were they weren't great, but they were okay. Maybe Zac Efron or something like that. I don't <laughs> love Zac Efron, but I think but I, I think Zac Efron knows his lane. That's why he yeah. does those the the, the 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 movies that he does. He he he's Zac Efron. Every once in a while, he'll do a Ted Bundy movie, but that's more of a vanity piece for Netflix. He's not out there trying to like. Um, it he's not out there trying to talk in different accents and um <laughs> like whatever because because like you said the Hunger Games he's bad in the Hunger Games too and I forgot he was in the Hunger Games but who's you the, don't who's notice the kid from, uh, who was the kid from Friday Night Lights that they tried to make a movie star briefly was it a uh, Taylor Kitchens is that his name yeah 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 yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He, Liam reminds me of kind of a Taylor Taylor Kitchens like there's something there. But it's not enough, like, like nobody watched John Carter from Mars. Like, it's something there right. with this guy, but it's not enough to sustain the entire film. You need help. Right. I think you're exactly right. I think I think he, he needs help. He's got to do, because that's always, and that was a strength of The Rock. The Rock wasn't great when he first started. We all saw it. But they put him around veteran actors yeah. that can make The Rock look great. I think that's why Liam Hemsworth is good in The Hunger Games because they put him around people. They put yeah. him around the Oscar award, uh, Oscar award winner, um, and put him around people that were veteran actors that can lift him to a good performance where you don't really notice his faults. Yeah. Well, and, I just thought of how we could have made this movie better, Chris. And real quick, let me give the brief, brief plot synopsis for the for the listeners out there who may or may not choose to watch this movie. Uh, so yeah, basically, this movie is based on a true story. Uh, it's set in the Bronx in the early '80s, where Chris Potamatis, Chris, we just gonna call him Chris. Chris, that's Liam Hemsworth. He, uh, oh, I called him Liam. My, my bad. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> one of them Hemsworth anyway. boys. Uh, one of them, yeah. Liam Hemsworth is playing Chris uh, Chris P, uh, and he's trying to get into the police academy. Doesn't work, so he gets a job as a security guard for an armored car company. And basically, it's kind of like this inside man type of deal. His friend Eddie, like they, uh, they want to go through with this heist uh, and, and steal $11 million worth of cash. And so, yeah, this is based on a true story, but seeing this, Chris, I was like, 
what could they have done to make this movie better? Like, you don't change any of the actors, but is there something behind the scenes you could have changed to make this movie actually interesting? And it hit me, Chris, because this movie feels like a poor, 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 poor man's inside man from Spike Lee. Yes. <laughs> like, if Spike Lee would have made this movie, this would have been yeah. so much better. <laughs> yeah. You, you know what? I actually, that's a very good comparison because it is, I can I can see it because it's it's got the, uh, yeah, it's got the heist, it's got everything, it's yep. got the, yeah, this is, this is bad. Spike, Spike would have brought that, like, New York flavor to it too, Brandon. This is the canal, the Canal Street uh, version of Inside Man. <laughs> right. And, and, and here's the thing, too. Uh, the the thing I don't know if the director is from New York or not, but anytime you do a movie that where the backdrop is a whole city, that mm. city is a character in the movie. Right. Um, At least it should and be. I, and and I thought that the way they this this was all, like I said I'm only somebody that's vi- I've never lived in New York I'm only some somebody that's visited New York the new New York New Jersey all that area um and this movie was offensive to me as somebody that just <laughs> that just visited this is like is this what you think New York is come on man well for, first of all Chris I'm gonna need you to stop slandering. Uh, the good brother Dito Montiel. He did. Dito did the best he could on this eleven million dollar budget, Chris. Uh, but Brandon, yeah. <laughs> well, to Chris's point, what do, what do you make of kind of the way New York was used in this film? Like, do you think they could have done a better job with it? I mean, if they had more than eleven million dollar budget, you could have done more. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it, it would have gotten a little more expensive. So, I mean, the the. Uh, the photos of the city and whatnot, uh, I guess it, it does it a little justice. But yeah, I agree with him 100%. New York City is a different animal when it comes to movies. And, and, yeah. And it was, That's it why Spike a, Lee should have made, made this minor, movie, man. <laughs> I think it would have made a, a, a minor difference, but I don't think it would have would have uh, helped save the flick that we're about to Okay, okay, look, 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 here we go, here we go. Spike Lee directs Empire State. And let's let's just switch out one character and see what what the difference we get here, Chris. We still keep mm-hmm. the Rock, we still keep Emma Roberts, but instead of Liam Hemsworth, I'm gonna take Tom him Tatoro. out. Oh, Totoro would be amazing. I was gonna go Ed yeah. Norton, but Totoro is 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 excellent as well. Like if Totoro is in this, it's a much better picture. But yeah, you know, I agree. Who would? You would have to cast a younger, a younger actor than Liam Hemsworth. Uh, Liam Hemsworth to be that role. Uh, I'm trying to think who, but I agree with you 100. Yeah, it, it would it would bring more, it would bring more to the movie if they had a tutorial in the film. Yeah, because I think because- the, like the, the actual story, like there's a good story to be told here, Chris. I think, but mm-hmm. you know, and maybe it is a problem that you know they only like they knew this was going to be. You know, something that wasn't going to make a lot of money. They they probably figured that out somewhere along the way, and so the budget was only what it was. Uh, but I feel like there was a good way to tell this story. Unfortunately, they they weren't able to do it, or chose not to do it. Right. It was. It's, it it seemed like it it seemed like 
they were just, it was just, it seemed like laziness, to be honest with you. It mm. just didn't seem like they cared enough to to make New York Ooh. significant. Speaking, in the speaking of laziness, Brandon had the greatest observation ever before the show. Uh, so, so, Brother Brandon, could you step up to the mic and talk about Dwayne The Rock Johnson's choice of apparel in this motion picture? Oh, oh God. We discussed this uh, while uh, Chris in L.A. was uh, trying to get on here, but uh, I mean, it's, it, it, it doesn't match the time. I mean, it's just Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> it's just saying, Dwayne Johnson saying, "I'm I'm not gonna dress in these gimmick past clothes. I'm gonna wear a t-shirt and jeans and, and yeah, that's like I'm Luke Hobbs." I, I honestly did. I honestly didn't even realize this movie was set in the '80s until about 20 minutes in. Uh, yeah, well, that, see, that, like, just like you said, Chris. Uh, just like you said, you know, New York could be a character in this film if they really wanted to make it one. I mm-hmm. feel like the time period could be uh, a character right. as well, you know, because the eighties, like there's a way to make this fit. And, and here's the other thing, you know, now that we're kind of talking it out, New York in 2013 is very different than New York yeah. in the eighties, man. Like you could have gotten to a whole lot of stuff. You know, I don't know if they want to take it this way, but you know, there's some like racial stuff that you could bring into it. There's some, you know, socioeconomical stuff they could have talked about. But like you said, I feel like, and I, I don't want to go as far as to say lazy uh, again, because I'm, I'm not going to put that disrespect on Dito Montiel and them boys. But mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, maybe not laziness, but they were just trying. They were just trying to get a thing done. Like they're like, we got right. one month in Toronto to shoot this New York movie. We're going to get it done as quickly and as efficiently as possible. Yeah, right. And that's the thing, too, is like New York is one of the and I'm kind of biased, too, because New York is one of my favorite cities to that people capture on film as well. Like if you go back to like Martin Scorsese and Spike Lee, mm-hmm. all the great directors, they're able to make that city a part of the movie. Like I forget who directed Scarface, but Miami is part of my Miami is a main character in that movie, and yeah. this movie right here, um, it it, it was it. Yeah, what'd you just say? Yeah, the Palm Brian De Palma. Yeah, you, the, this movie looks like it was thrown together, and that's kind of <laughs> and like even with like then that was what I was saying too. Even with bad movies, there are things about a lot of bad movies that I can appreciate. Like, mm-hmm. I hated that movie, Geely, with uh, Ben Affleck. I <laughs> couldn't stand it. But they're little, like, tidbits, like, that I could kind of almost appreciate. I could see what they were trying to do, and it just felt, felt miserably. And I just, like, and I can't find that in this movie. Mm. So, Brandon, you uh, let me know before we got, got, got on the air this week that you had taken copious amounts of notes. So we kind of talked about the plot. We talked about the cast a little bit. Uh, what were some big things that, that really stood out to you for better or for worse with Empire State? I mean, number one, I was disappointed that the, uh, the armored truck company, Empire, was not – I thought it was going to be about the Empire Furniture uh, Company. <laughs> you, you, you just wanted to hear the jingle. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of bummed that it wasn't based off of that. I think I think that would have salvaged the film, quite frankly. Mm. Uh, but mm-hmm. another thing I saw it was at the beginning was that reporter's jacket. That that jacket looked absolutely tremendous. That fur fur collar and whatnot. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Perfectly suits the time period. I mean, unlike yes. the rock, just dressing up in a white tee and jeans. 
<laughs> I mean, but definitely, man, it definitely, it, it suits the time. And, and uh, I mean, can we go back to, can we go to uh, Liam Hemsworth's accent? I mean, can mm. I be like De- Danny Terrio? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like they just sat him down in front of a bunch of Travolta movies from the 80s and they're like, right. do that. Do that. <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing with that, too, that gets on my nerves. Not everybody that lives in New York talks like that. You could just say, mm-hmm. look, talk with a, a regular American accent and be done with it, man. This was way too much. What's that? It's a transient city. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Not from straight off the boat of Greece, like, like the, like this family is. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like- exactly. And if you wanted him to talk that way, maybe cast somebody who is that ethnicity. Like, if you want this guy to be Chris Potamidis or whatever, however you say the man's name, <laughs> cast somebody that sounds like Chris Potamidis or looks like Chris Potamidis that yeah. makes it believable. Because again, like, I think you're right, Chris. Like. Liam's not great in this movie, but the they like they didn't do him any favors either. Right. They gave him absolutely nothing to work with, man. And like you said, he does, he's got, I don't even think his accent was so bad. I didn't even think about the way he looks. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. This guy's like a blonde hair. He's got blue eyes. He's a handsome dude. He doesn't look yeah. Let me tell you something. There ain't no Greeks looking like Chris Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not happening. It's like, not happening. Like Giannis Antetokounmpo would have been better starring in this movie than yes, Liam you know, Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you, you would have had an authentic Greek person. <laughs> yeah. Liam's accent is not making me want to get a gyro. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, this, this was... This was not good. Uh, what do you? What did you think of uh, Emma Roberts and what what she brought to the uh, film? Was she in the film? So for me, I think <laughs> she was supposed to be one of those people. She's not bad in the movie, but she's kind of turning up the New Yorkness a little too. Um, and you just can't. Um, you got to be a great actor to kind of do that kind of thing. And I think Emma Rob I think Emma look put it this way. I think Emma Roberts is closer to being a great actor than um way closer actually than uh than Hemsworth. I think Hem- Hemsworth can get there. He's just got a ways to go. Um but um Emma Roberts, man, um she was I I see that wasn't offensively bad to me, but she just it, it's you know, it was what it was. She tried <laughs> yeah, I, I think like she tried, and also to Brandon's point, like she didn't get a lot of stuff to work with in this film either. Like I feel like she was just there for the name, right. like and and so like yeah, like they didn't give her a lot to do. I feel like you know the reason we're here, the reason we're talking about this film, The Rock was severely underutilized in this film, and mm-hmm. and it did feel like like DJ was like okay. So you give me let's let's just let's just make up a number, guys. Let's say let's say they paid DJ two million dollars, <laughs> two point right. five million dollars for this role. DJ was like, okay, two point five million dollars. All right, you got seven hours worth of me on set. The clock starts now, and that's like yeah. he, Rock is not sitting in hair and makeup. Rock is not 
you know, putting on different outfits. Rock, Rock is showing up in what he wore to the gym, and that's what you're going to get. This, like you, like you mentioned, Brandon, this kind of great value Luke Hobbs is what we got in this movie. <laughs> I mean, it, it wouldn't have shocked me if he wore Under Armour on the. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Rock, that doesn't fit the time period. Up, clock's ticking, tick tock. You want to get this? You want to yeah. get this shot done or not? <laughs> like, and, and, with glade of sweat on his forehead. And there's a and, and the thing with the Rock too. He could have been a real big jerk about the release of this movie because I've seen A-list actors. Um, that done no straight to video movies that didn't make it the cut in the theaters, like demand, like like Bruce Willis, Sly Stallone. There's a few of them that have done the straight to video movies, and they're barely in the movie, but they demand that their name is all over everything, and right. that even even first on the credits. Um, and The Rock didn't do that. Now, his agent, of course, is going to be like, look, Rock is getting on the – is being the cover focus of, of the, the, the video art. That's happening. But we'll <laughs> – I'll take the concession, and he'll only have third billing. Yeah, let's talk about this art again. And, then, like, uh, Wade does a great job of putting the – cover for each of the movies in the uh in the logo uh for the show like if you postmarks look at it right now like you don't even have to pause the podcast look at the cover for this film empire state and if i told you the rock has maybe 30 minutes in this film like that yeah like you think this yeah. is a rock movie because he is front and center he is walking towards you brandon like you're like oh this is gonna be great two hours with the rock Psych, <laughs> you get you get yeah. 30 minutes and you'll like it. That's 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 what Dwayne signed up for. That's what Dwayne gives you in this film. Yeah, um, it's like um he appears because I I counted that down. I made sure I did that before I got on with you. He doesn't mm-hmm. appear in this movie until um 23 minutes in. Like Which is way too long. Watching, yeah, you that's just <laughs> And that's entirely too long for for the Rock not to be, be, be being in a movie, man. Like that's just, that just doesn't make it. Like any really, sense. here's the thing. Like really, if y- if y'all wanted to, to hook me into this movie, I know this is a uh, this is Liam Hemsworth's movie, but the film should have started, Brandon, with a scene of uh, the Rock Detective Ranson in his office drinking a cup of coffee, and somebody walks by. How you doing, Detective? Oh, it's another day in the Empire State, buddy. And then, <laughs> yeah. then we go find out what's going on with Liam Hemsworth. Like they should have established the Rock first, or do a dramatic yeah. bust or something with uh, Mr. Rand. Yeah, and it's, yeah, like and it's Kevin like, like partner. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is what they should have did. They should have looked at the fitted all the Rock footage on the cutting room floor. He eliminated as much of the, the Hemsworth footage as they could <laughs> and make this movie about The Rock and his plight as a detective and just and just tell Chris Hemsworth you you'll get you'll get one next time, I promise. You should have just made so, the rock Chris Potomir. Yeah, the rock would have yeah. been a believable Chris Potomir. But so what basically what Chris is saying here though, Brandon, uh is that he wants a director's cut of this film. Yeah, I'm actually. We see you again, Pollock. <laughs> I'm I'm good. 
Yeah. Knowing the Rock's mental state, you probably if 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 he wanted this movie to succeed, and, and despite the, the the director, he could have just made a spinoff about uh, Luke Ransom and his uh, exploits in this. Yeah, that's that would have that that, been a better film. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, Brandon. Um, he probably saw how shitty this movie was, and just was like, okay, just just I'm not promoting this thing. Just put it out. I got other movies down the pike i got fast and furious i got <laughs> right uh, other stuff that's better than this leave me alone okay you have the like, foresight to know that this movie's gonna suck though yeah. exactly yeah. rock knew but, what was happening he could smell what was cooking <laughs> yeah yeah but let's, let's talk about the other wrestler in this film because i stumped brandon a little bit uh yeah. earlier and I, I told him there was another wrestler in this film trying to make their big break Chris, did you catch who this person was? Yeah, that, that was was that not Tiffany? I think yep. I, Darren Terrell was in this uh, film, yes. Brandon. Well, I, that's a TNA reference, right? Darren Terrell, yeah. uh, formerly Tiffany I, I in the WWE, <laughs> she was uh her her credited role. She was Hot Guidette number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could tell it was her too. Yeah. Yeah, that was her. <laughs> yep. Like, so Tiffany slash Taryn Terrell was in this movie. She thought it was going to be a big break, but unfortunately, nobody watched this film. I thought you were going to tell me it was Judas Macias as one of the Colombian drug dealers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think at this point, I don't think they could have afforded Judas Macias for this film. <laughs> they spent all of their money on The Rock and Hemsworth. Yeah, and and only one of those purchases was a good investment, Chris. So I know, right? I think you said there was an eleven billion, eleven million dollar budget. Yeah, The Rock probably got like nine million of that. <laughs> so, the, so, so, so the rest of the movie was. I think they probably only had two million to work with. Appropriation yeah, of funds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why they had to film in Toronto to get those Canadian credits, man. They're like, yeah. so are we going to film this actually in New York? Mm, the way my bank account's set up right now, <laughs> yeah. let's go to Can- let's go to Canadian New York instead. Half right? went to the rock and the other half went to catering, and then the <laughs> I was going to say, like, yeah, it would be interesting to see the numbers on this man because, yeah, the rock was like at the time he did the film, he wasn't quite like he was about a few months away from just blowing up, but he still couldn't have come cheap. And then, you know, yeah. you got a Hemsworth brother, you got Emma Roberts. So like, I assume like most of the budget went to the cast, but it's like, yeah, they, they really could have done them like their cast favors by making the script a little bit better. And, and, you know, again, it's based on a true story, but we've seen these based on a true story type of movies before where you can take liberties to actually make the true story seem interesting. And in this movie, right? I wouldn't say it was bad, but it's it to me, it's more boring than bad, which, which might be even more offensive, Chris. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's boring as that. You could use the true story as a backdrop and just add your own shit to it. That's what they did with walking tall with the rock. Um, mm, yeah. It was, it's, it's based off a true story, but just, just play and make it inspired by a true story. And then mm. just tell your own story because th- it, this is, this, this <laughs> nothing is interesting to me about this story. 
it just it, mm. it seems it seems dumb and if i was pitched this if i was a studio executive and i pitched it um i would have i would have um and I would have did like Lord Michaels used to do when the when um, Sandberg and the other guy would introduce laser cats and <laughs> just, just just kick them out. I know, see, the thing is, the, 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 yeah, like, like yeah well, like yeah, throw them out like he, Uncle Phil used to throw out jazz. You're right, jazz, Brandon. Yeah, I think they, they, the reason this got pitched though, the reason this got made, is because the pitch actually sounds good, guys. Right? Like like right. You, you got you guys are the board the board right and i'm uh i'm dito montiel and i'm coming up in here you know with my dito montiel swag and i'm like look i got the rock i got a hemsworth and we're gonna do a heist film like you're like right. oh that sounds amazing i don't tell you any of the other <laughs> things that are going on with this movie but just that one sentence is enough for me brandon to like somebody in hollywood was like yeah there's no way that can't can't be a hit so what we got here is i got the rock I got a Hemsworth brother. It's a heist movie, and we're gonna paint it by numbers from there. What do you say, movie guys? That's <laughs> uh, a great idea. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's like so. Where's this heist take place? New York City. Oh wow! So you're gonna shoot in New York? Um, no, not exactly. Um, <laughs> and get this, yeah. we got another wrestler in the film too, so that'll bring the wrestling fans out. Oh, who is it? John Cena? Mm, is it is it Dave Batista? Yeah. Mm, yeah. You, you might not have heard of her. Her name's <laughs> Tiffany. She's gonna be the next big thing. Taryn Terrell. Yeah. She's a star. <laughs> right. I, I'm not gonna call this the worst rock movie of all time <laughs> because it's because I, I don't think it's fair to the rock. This is not his movie. Oh, uh, Brandon, Brandon, that should have been the pull quote for the DVD covers. Like, th- I'm not gonna call this the worst rock movie of all time. Chris from LA, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's definitely the worst movie that he is in. It's not a rock mm, movie because he's not the star of the movie. Mm-hmm. This is because to me, all the other bad ones and even the ones you've reviewed on this show, all the bad rock movies, I find goodness. And even when watching them back, it's like, oh, yeah, Walking Tall was stupid, but it's got these certain elements that I can appreciate. I can appreciate a dude walking, like walking around. Yeah, but like break. Well, you have to. You got to watch it again with critical eyes. You, you. See <laughs> yo, yo, Brandon, Chris, Chris got so deep into the socioeconomic conditions in that <laughs> small backwater town. I'm like, Chris, are, are we watching the same film? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, it's like, it's like when I, because I that was my favorite rock movie up until I had to review it for this show, and I was like, my God, man. The Rock is so evil in this movie, <laughs> but but um, but even that you appreciate. Like this movie, like I'm really struggling mm. um, to to find the. And the first time I saw it was on Netflix a few years ago, and I was hoping when I would try to watch it again, it would still be on Netflix. Netflix said no, nah, no, nah, and got rid of it. <laughs> Netflix is <laughs> so like, no, nah, man, no, nah, we we can't yeah. do this. <laughs> Yeah, so I had to order it from Amazon. I did the um, same thing. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's just my God, man. This this. Uh, I, well, I'm I trying feel like... to be nice. 
I feel like we how to delete it. Yeah, I, I feel like we've been kind of talking around it, fellas. So let's let's actually get to it, man. Let's talk about yeah. what we are going to rate 2013's Empire State. And and for those out there who are new to the show, maybe you know, maybe he showed up because of that. Because you know, we getting that Brandon from New Jersey bump. You know, we we getting a lot of people in that tri-state area tuning in for the first time this month because of Brother Brandon. The way we rank shows on the Rocket Mind Via Picture Show, we got a patented five-point system. If a movie is great, if a movie is perfect, if a movie is excellent and The Rock is excellent in it, that's a five out of five. We just went one-on-one with a great one. If if a movie is good, but it's not perfect, you know, there are some things that could have been done better, but it's still a good movie, that's a four out of five. That's the people's champ. If a movie is just kind of average, right? Like, it's not great, but it's not terrible. It's just kind of there. It does what it's supposed to do. It's inoffensive. The Rock is pretty charming in it. That's a three out of five. That's a know your role. (laughs) If a movie is bad, but The Rock is good in it, or if The Rock is bad in a film, but the film overall is pretty good around him, that's a two out of five. That's a jabroni joint. But Brandon, if a movie is terrible, if there are no redeeming qualities to the film, if it's unwatchable, if a movie is doom, that's a one out of five. That's just a rock bottom. Yeah. So Brandon from New Jersey, on that scale, on a one, a one to five scale, what would you give 2013's Empire State? Uh, I thought you were gonna go lower, like a Rocky Maivia. <laughs> <laughs> Pineapple haired Rocky Maivia is 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 even below rock bottom. Nah, this is a flex cabana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that might have to be a new a new rating invented uh, after the scale. <laughs> I was going to, I agree with you 100%. I was going to say something, uh, it's a comparison. It's a flex Kavana, definitely. But uh, (laughs) I mean, what what, what do you you wrestle? Did he wrestle as a flex and smoke you down? Uh, Yeah, it's got to be a one, man. I mean, we could go lower. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love that we just invented a new rating. But yeah, let's. According to the according to the existing scale, Brandon, you're gonna give this a rock bottom, a one out of five. Yeah, this is a dud, definitely. Mm. I mean, it, it's boring. I mean, rock hardly in it. I mean, I was offended that two hundred dollars a week at Empire Security is, is, it was considered laughable, and he almost walked out of that job interview. I mean, in the eighties, yeah. If you if you if you uh, bring it to today's standards, it's like seven hundred dollars a week. That's a lot of money. That's, yeah, that's a good living. And they gave him a gun his first day. Not, not for Chris Papadopoulos or whatever the hell his name was. Yeah. <laughs> that is right. This is a bad movie, man. Uh, it's definitely a one. I agree with you 100%. Okay, so Brandon giving this a rock bottom. Chris, I think I know where you're going. What do you give yeah. Empire State? <sighs> okay. Imagine, like, the worst Olsen Twins movie you've ever seen in your life. Wow. So um, It Takes Two starring Kirstie Alley. Yeah, that probably that one. Yeah, that, like I remember, I used to try to try to show that one to my um, little nephew and uh, my niece, and that was the they used to like everything as kids. That movie they always hated. Uh, but it's worse. It, this is worse than that. This this movie is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. 
And I hate to be a part of the show that gives the rock a rock movie such a bad rating, but this movie is god fucking awful. There is nothing <laughs> redeeming about it. The acting Damn. doesn't even salvage it. Like they have, I think Janae Grimes from 90210, she's in it for a second. Yeah, there's nothing in this movie to appreciate, and that's my biggest problem with it. And a lot of bad movies. Even a lot of bad movies that with The Rock, there's something in the movie to appreciate, and I just couldn't find it in this movie. The only thing I appreciated in the movie was when that that, that one scene with The Rock and his partner, uh, Brother Valentine, uh, in, in, uh, when they were in the, the Greek establishment trying to uh, trying to figure out where the money was. I mean, I, I thought that was a great scene, but <laughs> oh yeah, funny. yeah. Dead like that. I mean, I thought, I thought Turtle was dead, and all of a sudden he's back. He's back with a freaking. Uh, <laughs> he's like the Undertaker, back from the dead. I was, I was, I was like, it's like low key. Other than The Rock, is Turtle the best actor in the movie playing Jimmy the Greek? <laughs> yeah, um, probably. Uh, yeah, J- uh, Jerry Ferrara is probably the best person in this movie, um, and even I think he, even he is um above this movie man i mean i think um the, there was something charming about the think like a man movies and his part in those mm. movies Good um the this movie jimmy the where he was jimmy the greek man is he even greek nah, he's um, not. yeah so yeah <laughs> this, 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 this uh, miscasting and oh, they were, uh, like we've got an Australian playing a Greek man, we've got uh, yeah. an Italian playing a Greek man. Like, like, are there no Greek actors in 2013 that could play in these movies? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. So no, I yeah. Just, so I, I'll give Jerry Ferrara his props. Like, at least uh, Chris uh, Chris Dimentopoulos is actually Greek, and he was in the movie, but that's about it. <laughs> right. Is that is that the little guy's partner that that they? Uh... That was uh, Stavrakis. Yeah, the guy that, that is untimely demise by the by the Colombian mob. And, I, and if I, I'm trying to think, I think he played, I think he played on Silicon Valley. I think that's where I know him from. I mean, Jerry Ferrara was cast because he he's from New York, so it was like, ah, oh, let's get a New Yorker and play a Greek. They're all <laughs> yeah, but like like we've got Jerry Ferrara. He's got some name recognition coming off of Entourage. He's from New York. Let's let's have him play an Italian. No, no. Jerry Ferrara is gonna play Jimmy the Greek. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they, uh, and they named him Jimmy the Greek. Like, come on, goddammit. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it set, it set the European Union back with that casting. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's the interesting fact about Chris Dimentopoulos that I didn't know. He played Mo Howard in the 2012 Three Stooges film, which was probably a better film than this. Yeah. It, it was, yeah. I, and I, I saw that movie and I didn't like it, but it is better than this. So, Chris, you're giving it a rock bottom as well. Right, yeah. So, we got a rock bottom from Brandon, rock bottom from Chris. All right. So, folks, my, my rating. This is not a good film. I think we've all established that <laughs> this week. The question is, is it the worst rock film? And I think the only reason this isn't the worst of the worst, Chris, in my opinion, is because Doom exists. 
Right. And That's to, another to, false advertising rock yeah. one too. To yeah. me, Doom yeah. is still the low bar, but this like this barely this is barely above the Doom bar. Like this is right. this is Doom adjacent. So uh I'm gonna give this I'm gonna give this a one point one. <laughs> right. Like like this this movie is so bad. If it were a theatrical l- release, I think it would kind of mess up The Rock's trajectory a little bit um, on the ascent, you know, because this this movie is that bad. It it it, sh- it, it, it should have been like burned at the cutting room floor, man. It should have just been like, look, man, let's just destroy this movie. And it could have been so much better, right? Like, it could have been, yeah. like, whether you're talking about a different director or whether you're talking about a different lead actor. Like, there was ways to make this a good movie, Brandon. But again, like, I feel like, you know, like, they, they knew what they wanted to do, right? Like, there was a plan. Like, there's a reason you call in my man Dito Montilla. Like, you know, you're not calling in Spielberg. You're not calling in Spike Lee or or, or Scorsese. Like, it's a Dito Montiel joint. You know what you're going to get from Dito Montiel. It's going to be on time. It's going to be under budget. And it's going to be what, what it is is what it is. What do you can you tell me another movie that Dito Montiel has directed <laughs> so I can just so I can have a basis? Of, just so I can be like, yeah, this guy can do better or not. Nah, Let let's look it up right now. Let's see what Dito Montiel's yeah. done, Brandon. Because <laughs> I'm curious. And he did a he did a Robin Williams movie. Dito Montiel. Okay, he's only fifty five, so he he's a native New Yorker. Uh, let's see his filmography. Dito Montiel has done a guide to recognizing your saints, fighting. Fighting was Channing, good. Channing That's Tatum and Terrence Howard. That was okay. That wasn't great, but it was. I, I like watching it. The Son of No One, Empire State, Boulevard, which is the Robin Williams, Kathy Baker movie that uh, Brandon mentioned. Right. He did Man Down in 2015 with Shia LaBeouf and Jai Courtney. He did The Clapper in 2017 with Ed Helms and Tracy Morgan. And his most recent film is uh, Critical Thinking. Uh, he, he wrote the screenplay and John Leguizamo directed it. Okay, so he's not so yeah, he's passable. I, this movie is because I I know for fighting is a better movie than this, and I didn't love fighting, but fighting is okay. John, I, like I would, John was like, John was like, dude, I saw I saw Empire State. Let me direct. <laughs> right, like you can write it, I'll direct it. Right. I mean, yeah. he like Dito sounds like a, yeah, he's a he's a workman a workman director, right? He's 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 not the greatest. He's not the worst. You know, he, he's certainly not uh, in the class of my man Jorge Blanco from Planet Fifty One. Uh, right. Yeah. But you could I, like I guess you could have done worse than Dito Montiel. And yes, there are there are restrictions and limitations by the budget. But it just feels like a movie that they were just trying to get done. Yeah. You know, what and I'm it got done. <laughs> Which his his friend Liam Hemsworth uh, Liam Hemsworth. Uh, I had it right, right? It's Liam Hemsworth. No, yeah, sure. Uh, whatever, Gummo Hemsworth, his his friend. Was it me or was that guy annoying as hell, man? He's talking about Eddie. Yes, yeah, Eddie was, Eddie was terrible. Yeah. Yes, yeah. That guy not only running his mouth like that. I mean, that dude wouldn't survive a day at Rikers or Pelican Bay. Like, yeah, Michael yeah. Angarano yeah. as Eddie. 
Yeah, and that's the thing, too, is New Yorkers just don't go places and rebel rouse and talk shit for no <laughs> fucking reason. That does not happen. I, I've, I've been to New York enough times to know that's not the vibe of that place, you know? Mm. And um, this, yeah, that guy was horrible in this movie. I mean, you know... He's blabbing the Colombian drug dealers. He's never yes. Like, <laughs> he wasn't dead in a shower, like tied up. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know what? What can you do, guys? In New York, concrete jungle, where dreams are made of. It's nothing you can't do. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, look, I'm sure, like somebody wanted to put that song in the movie, but they couldn't afford it. Right. No, they couldn't. They couldn't afford Have it. You like, seen the- have they couldn't even afford like that Lord Tariq and Peter Gunn song. Oh, uh, New York. Yeah. They probably couldn't afford yeah. a sample for that song either. <laughs> <laughs> they would have had to pay Marvin Gaye's family. Yeah, the soundtrack, which was released on the same day the DVD came out because they wanted that corporate synergy. The Empire State soundtrack. I'm sure. Honestly, though, I think the soundtrack probably sold more than the than the actual DVD. I got no Empire State of Mind listening to that soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris. Chris, do you know? Do you know about this soundtrack? Um, nah, I have no clue about it, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe that would have salvaged the movie. I even there's a like I think there's one song I like off the glitter soundtrack. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that ludicrous song was okay. Uh, um, like I feel like this. Here's the thing, and maybe maybe hindsight is twenty twenty. I mean, you know, in this in this case, fellas, but I feel like if they wanted to tell this story. And they didn't want to go the route of bringing in like a Spike Lee or a Scorsese or, you know, even a Woody Allen, despite his personal faults. Uh, I feel like this could have been a decent like HBO movie or HBO miniseries. Because it because like you said, Brandon, like it's very much you could tell like they bring in everybody that that even worked a day on the Sopranos in on this thing. Like, so I feel like. If they took this, if Dito Montiel was like, you know what, guys, let's not make this a movie. Let's make this a miniseries on HBO, like a four-part miniseries. I feel like it would have worked a lot better than than the Empire State we got on the DVD. Mm. I think I, I see your point. I think yeah, and I think that um, Chris Hemsworth on a show like this, you it, it gives you Leo. a chance. Yeah, or not Chris. Sorry, Chris. I sincerely apologize. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth sitting in his mansion with all that Thor money. Like, don't put my name on that. On that. that (laughs) No, right. Yeah. So Liam Liam Hemsworth. I think if I think a show like this, you need a kind of a chance to get to know the characters across Mm. like a few episodes, and then maybe you won't have as much disdain for it. Um, yeah. If you do, but they do, they would still need to switch up a lot of the material. Well, it would let us spend more time with the Rock too, right? And it's only ninety <laughs> minutes long, so you're, you're 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 when you when you're doing a biopic, a biopic needs to at least be two hours long. Um, so ninety <laughs> minutes is just going to be short for um, it. Th- it being ninety minutes kind of already tells you what you need to know about this. Um, 
this mm. based off a true story thing. Yeah, apparently one of the biggest heists in history. Uh, and the only thing that I feel was stolen uh, right now, Brandon, is 90 minutes of my time. All right. <laughs> I think it's too, man. Jeez. <laughs> Uh, so that is uh, our review of 2013's Empire State. Across the board, uh, rock bottom rated film from Brandon, Chris, and myself. Uh, before we get out of here, fellas, let's let the listeners know what we've got coming up next time in the theater, which I haven't even seen this movie in a while, but I can guarantee it's going to be better. At least I hope it's going to be better uh, than Empire State. And that, of course, is 2014's Hercules. I will tell you of Hercules. Part mortal. Part god. Hercules! We all know your legend. You're the son of Zeus. I was hoping for a challenge. Your name is a rallying cry. I only want to be a husband and a father. Welcome home, my love. The gods have unleashed hell on Earth. They are the descendants of Hades. They cannot be killed by an ordinary mortal. If you help us, we will pay your weight in gold. Atop. Where are we going? The task ahead might not be suitable for a woman. Did you see that? It is said that you can tell the future, and you have glimpsed your own death. My time's not come yet. Not sure about yours. That's comforting. And we've walked into a trap. Your legend ends here. Do I look afraid? Don't just stand there. Kill someone! people save your family and restore order to the world we will fight for you and we will die for you are you only the legend or are you the truth behind the legend don't do anything foolish where are you going to do something foolish That was my moment. You're welcome. I've never seen that movie. So yeah, next time we're gonna be talking about The Rock as a Hercules, Hercules. Where yeah. it, it's look, I remember it not being great, Chris, but it's it's got to be better than Empire State. <laughs> well, it's better than Empire State, and it's better than the the other Hercules movie that came out that same year. But so, here's the um, question, though. Here's the big question. Politics aside, because I know this man kind of went off the deep end lately, but do you think that the Hercules movie with The Rock will be better than Hercules' Legendary Journey starring Kevin Sorbo? Oof. Oh, I, I don't. I, like you said, I don't, I'm not a fan of Kevin Sorbo's per- Hercules, but I, uh, or Kevin Sorbo's politics, but I did like him 
fine on Hercules back in the 90s. Yeah, that show was great back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, it was a time know. of myths and legends. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then Hercules, you know, they, they had that little spinoff with Xena, which was hot for a little bit. So, yeah. 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 Shout, out, shout out to that Kevin Sorbo. I don't know what happened in the last 10 years, but that Kevin Sorbo was great. And don't forget Renegade, those spinoffs with those UPS. Ah, uh, with Lorenzo Lamas. Yeah. <laughs> Lorenzo yeah, Lamas would have been better in this movie than Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> they, they did, they did, they did a young Hercules show too with um with um Ryan Gosling. What um, based based off of that show? Ryan Gosling um, was playing Hercules. Yeah, yeah, he was he was playing the same character as um Kevin. As Kevin yeah, we used to be a weekday afternoon show. How did I miss that? Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Gosling, the gods. Yeah. It was a little bit out of our age range, but mm. um, I, I I remember that being a show. Just Kevin uh, Hercules walking up every day. Hey, girl. Like This, this isn't the Hercules I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> so Ryan Gosling is Hercules, yeah. So we'll see. Like, I'm sure there'll be more. Hercules talking uh next time because uh yeah that Kevin Sorbo series was was actually pretty good for what it was. We'll see if Dwayne the Rock Johnson starring in Hercules. It's it's a return to the sword and sandals of the Scorpion King. Like we haven't seen the Rock go down this route in in quite a while. So we'll see if DJ could pull it off. But uh until then, we still got to wrap up this month's episode. So I want to thank Brandon for joining us this week and for donating uh, back in April. Uh, brother, I appreciate it. If you've got anything you want to promote, uh, any socials you want to throw out there, let the people know. And, uh, yeah, it, it, this was a fun episode. Uh, this was tremendous. I enjoyed myself thoroughly. Chris from L.A., it was a pleasure talking to you, actually, instead of uh, hearing your, your calls whenever you call on the <laughs> pleasure. Uh, oh, Brandon from New Jersey on Twitter and uh, – <laughs> You want to hear? You want to see my musings and whatnot? But uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a pleasure donating to that charity. That happened. Uh, it feels like seventeen years ago, but it was a pleasure being here. I, 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 I'm a big fan of yours, Nate. Uh, you do tremendous work. I, I'm of a, I follow your Patreon, the Kings of Sport. Love it. Love what you do there. You bring a lot of energy and and uh, goodwill and. Uh, Positivity, I love it. I love, it. especially in this world we live in right now, uh, which is full of negative things and whatnot. You you bring a, a sense of positivity to everything, and I I really do respect that and appreciate your efforts and what you do. I, I appreciate that, brother. You know, I'm just trying I'm just trying to be like Liam Hemsworth and just play my part in the world right now and see what I can bring to society. Beside <laughs> all that money in that statue. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this movie, uh, Chris. As we kind of like. I feel like uh, this is like when when you had something bad to eat and now you got to like get something yeah. to chase chase the taste out of your mouth. Like, uh, right. what 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 have you got going on? Because I know you know you you bought that movie on Amazon, so you got it for at least the next twenty four hours. So how many more times are you gonna watch Empire State? And where can the people find you on social media? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I think I'm done watching that now, uh, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, you find me on social media at KMEZ Does It. Um, I've been on this carnivore diet for like the last few days, and mm. I'm losing my mind on it. But so I ha- so I hadn't done a show in the last couple weeks because I was. What are you just eating meat? Just red meat? Eat 
do you just eat meat and nothing else? And then you eat like pepperoni for dessert. And you eat <laughs> meat and meat and meat and meat and meat. But guess what? I've lost weight every day. I've I've already lost like seven pounds on this diet. So um, how is that possible? It works. <laughs> because I guess yeah, it's basically yeah, but it's is yeah. And I, I might add some dairy next week. Um, but that's what's going on with me. That's why my podcast, I've taken a break from that because I've got like, I got post-grad school. I'm going to come back to it, um, like in a week or two. And I'm actually looking for like, I'm talking to a brand expert to kind of help me with that. Um, and then I guess the, the next thing that the wrestling fans would be listening to, but the, the name of my podcast is Real Power Dynamics. Let me just get that out there. Real Power Dynamics. Google it. It's the first thing that will come up. Um, but the next thing that I got coming up with is me and Wei Ting. Um, and I think you're going to be on the episode two, Nate. We're reviewing mm. WCW Slam Jam. And <laughs> I am... I am looking forward to that. So, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's coming up pretty soon. Uh, uh, on the uh, post cafe with Way, Chris, and myself reviewing that classic album, Brandon, the WCW <laughs> WCW Slam Jam. They had the audacity to call it Volume One, like they were going to put out another one. <laughs> It's a bummer too because you can't find that on any platform, and that's a great that's a great album, man. Okay. Yeah, like the only place yeah. you can like, I mean, there are some nefarious mean sites out there where you can turn YouTube's into MP3s, but that's about the only way you're gonna get these songs anymore. I mean, you got right? The, I don't think it. You got the Luger theme on there. Come on, man. Yep. You got, you got don't the, step to Ron. <laughs> no. Yeah, don't step to Ron. That you've got every song on that album is a song that would have been like cool that it's got a it's got a song a couple years earlier than what yes. was cool in 1994 <laughs> like like rude like, sounds like a pointer sister song which yeah. would be cool in 1989 you know <laughs> like, the best song yeah. on the album like like i'm spoiling the review uh i guess a little bit uh, yeah. but to me the but, best song the best song on the album, like Man Calls Thing is great. Steiner Brothers, the Steiner Rides is great. But for me, <laughs> you can't yeah. beat Ricky Steamboat Family Man. Oh, there's a line, that there's is a line, the best line. There's we a won. line in the song where they're like, I don't like, I'm not saying women don't throw themselves all over him, but yeah. he won't give in because Ricky's a family man. <laughs> <laughs> They've been married like six times, and yeah, I, um, I, I can't wait to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, that's a great song. Like Rick, Ricky Steamboat, the Family Man. Like, like this is what we doing in 1994. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's gonna be a great review. But uh, to close out this review, uh, you can find me on Twitter at in the number eight M O Z A I K. As Brandon mentioned. You can check out the Kings of Sport. We have a Patreon, patreon.com backslash Kings of Sport. Five bucks gets you in the door. And for the remainder of September, so you got about two weeks left, folks, uh, maybe a little less than that now, uh, we are taking donations from all of the new subscribers we get, and we're putting 100% of that towards the Thurgood Marshall Foundation, the Jackie Robinson Foundation, and the American Cancer Society. Uh, in a way to honor Chadwick Boseman, who passed last month. So uh, 
you know, if you sign up between now and the end of February, uh, September, uh, we will take that money and we will put it towards these causes to do a little good in the world in honor of uh, the, the King of Wakanda. Uh, so you can check that out, patreon.com backslash Kings of Sport. Uh, of course, you can check out uh, all the shows we got on the Patreon. Like there's a new show up of TDT Talks, which just came out yesterday. Uh, so Friday, uh, Thursday, uh, as of the time we're recording this, that's uh, myself, Steve Willie. Uh, who's a therapist, and we're talking with just various friends in the podcasting community. Wade's been on the program before, and the newest episode is myself, Steve, and uh, two really great uh, ladies, uh, Tatiana Hollander and uh, Rachel Eiley. And so we get into like what we've learned during the pandemic. We get into you know the the kind of socioeconomic situation going on in the country right now, and we also talk about. The Waze Batman app, Chris, where you know if you got the Waze app, you can download the Batman voice by Kevin Conroy, oh, yeah. and it's it's amazing. So, <laughs> Dude, really, yeah, yeah. I think until the end of the month, if you download Waze, uh, you can go to the settings and where you can change the voice of your navigation. There's a Batman voice, and it's Kevin Conroy from the Batman the Animated Series, and it's it's fantastic. Oh, dude, download it now. Yeah, like Batman just telling you, turn left, citizen. Like, okay, <laughs> Mr. Wayne. <laughs> uh, so you can check that out. Um, I want to give a shout out before we go to uh, Austin James and Robert Pearson for the uh, graphic design for the podcast. I want to give a shout out to Brother Braden Harrington for the theme for the Rocky My Video Picture Show. And, of course, a tip of the cap always to John Pollock and Wei Ting, the proprietors of Post Wrestling. Uh, so that's going to do it, fellas. Hope everybody out there enjoyed our review of empire state uh brandon again it was a pleasure talking to your brother we'll have to do it again down the road absolutely uh, this was fun fun thank you guys I and to- chris like chris has chris chris has a a couch in the back of the theater like he just stays here like it's that that simpsons gag with stan lee like uh, <laughs> talk, talking to comic book guy like oh stan lee stan lee came back and he's like no stan lee never left that's chris chris just <laughs> Chris just chills in the back of the theater. He's got his own setup, his own popcorn machine, uh, staying safe, six feet away from everybody else. Uh, but I yeah. want to thank the both of you guys for being on the show. want to thank the listeners for checking out the show. And uh, we'll be back next month for an action-packed review of Dwayne The Rock Johnson in Hercules. So, for Brandon from New Jersey, for Chris from L.A., and for Dwayne The Rock Johnson, I am the Godfather Nate Milton. We'll see you next time. And remember, Nubian eyes are watching. Hang your ass on out of here.